You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. I've started to lack the uh, apathy uh, required to have just a normal conversation with someone where I'm like just listening to what you have to say, yeah. considering it, mm-hmm. forming my own opinion hmm. while you're saying it, and then having a thoughtful reaction. You can do what I do and just say, interesting, and then move on <laughs> to my own thoughts. <laughs> Whenever someone does that now, I always feel like, is it though? Are is they it really? really is it really interesting? I've caught Sarah saying it a couple of times. Oh, like, interesting. She's and been like, listening too much. And I think she even said at one point, she was like, interesting. And I don't mean that in a Joel way. Like, I think that's <laughs> oh, really no. interesting. My reputation precedes me. That's right. Um, dude. Dude. So we got to check out like Sweet. a cinema classic this past weekend. Yeah, we did. 35 years old. Yeah. Star just like, Trek Just like two. me. The Wrath of... Yeah, dude. <laughs> the Wrath of Khan. Wow. Still holds up, I thought. Yeah. A little slow moving. Uh, it's it's a little slow. I seem to remember a lot more happening in that movie than actually happened. You know, and when we got to that final space battle, I was like, well, this isn't the final one, right? There's another one after yeah, this, right? I thought there was more. But no, it's... Like uh, that they go into the neutral zone and like the, the Klingons show. And I started realizing... That's oh, Undiscovered I mis- Country. I was mistaking the, the search for Spock... Oh, that one with, too. ...with uh, the Wrath of Khan. I was like, oh, oh, there's... Geez, they're all starting to run together now. Yeah, unless you've seen them lots of times, which I have not. That's probably only the uh, third time I've seen it all the way through, beginning to end, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other ones. And I still like, Walt and I were, were talking in the urinal, as men are wont to do, <laughs> especially after movies. You were speaking into the urinal? That's right. <laughs> I was on my knees. <laughs> he was behind me. No. Uh, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, that was great. But I, I still think I like Undiscovered Country the best of the old Star Trek films. Huh. Wow. And by old, I mean like the original cast. Wow. Have you seen that one in a while? You disagree? Uh, no, no. It's been, well, because it has all of this. You know, we have a villain who is quoting uh, Shakespeare in yeah. books, so it kind of had that feel to it. And I was getting the Christopher Plummer Klingon Which one confused. was the Undiscovered Country? That's the one. And that's the same thing. The Kirstie Alley character, where we have the, the young Vulcan. Yeah. Well, they have their version of it in, uh, who's the chick from... Um, Sex in the City, Samantha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall plays a, a young female Klingon who's, like, there are a lot of similarities between those two films, and I think that was an intentional, like, that was the J.J. Abrams of the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Um, wow, he, although that's confusing, because he did do his own Star <laughs> he Trek. Did but his I mean, own Star Trek. in the sense that everyone was trying to recreate A New Hope, and now we have a Force Awakens. Well, I think they were trying to recreate Wrath of Khan uh-huh. for Undiscovered Country, trying wow. to hit all the same beats. Hmm. There's a, I don't remember that one. You need to go back Wait, and watch that one. which one's the one where they find God? Is that <laughs> Final Frontier? I believe it's part three? No, three no, is the search, search for, Spock. for Spock. That is part five, Final Frontier. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Some okay, Star Trek fans we are. Because four is the, the Voyage That's the home. whales. What we did. That's we, the whales. We did this on the podcast a couple of years ago with special guest Jason Cox. Listen yeah. to that episode if you can it find it. Following the death of Leonard Nimoy. part of our 100. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So it was Star Trek the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Star Trek the Wrath of Khan. That's right. Then uh, Search for Spock. Search for Spock. The Voyage Home. Got it. Uh, was Final it Frontier. Then Final Frontier, then Undiscovered Country. Yeah, that was the last then one. Then Generations. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we transitioned. It's so sad now that I, because like I was a I was a next gen uh, fan growing up. I uh-huh. hadn't seen any of the originals. So like. Then First Contact. When I saw that one, yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> the best of the next generation films. Okay, I'll give you that. Right? Yes. Yeah, what's I'll better? Not Insurrection. Not Insurrection. Not, insur- not- Resurrection, <laughs> desecration, <laughs> <Not> my erection. What was it? My erection. Thank you. They did. Uh, okay, so it was first contact. Mm-hmm. Then right after that was that insert. Oh no! Then uh, there was the one with Ma- with Mad Max. Tom, oh, oh, Tom, oh, Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tom yeah, Hardy replays a clone, a, a young, a young Patrick Picard. Stewart clone. Yeah. I, I, I get the, I get the all right here we go we're gonna go to IMDb <laughs> because those last two have like similar titles and they were both very forgettable films in my estimation. Which one was the one with the Borg? Exactly. Was that that was, was first contact? Was that first contact yeah. as well? Mm-hmm. Man, they fit so much into that movie. It's a great one because then like you had uh, uh, Picard was running around with uh, what's her name from Scrooge? Alfred Woodard. Alfred Woodard. There you go. Put a little love in your heart. Here we go. There's generations. There's why won't they? Oh yeah, followed by insurrection. Insurrection in 1998, and then followed by. So it was generations. First contact. Insurrection. Oh, nemesis. Nemesis. That's the one with Tom Hardy. 
Okay, that was the last one. That was it? the last one. Yeah. Yes. So they only got like they got technically four. four. Yeah. Wow. They they peaked early. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. And I think people were done with. We had an oversaturation of Star Trek, and now I feel like we're coming on it again. You you think so? Before this new series is even out. Well, we've only had three movies. I don't know that there's going to be a fourth one with you this think so? cast and crew. Wow. You think so? I I think there's probably still one, dude. After the, the one that just came, like, I ended up liking that. What was the subtitle of this one? People say it's good. Yeah. Um, uh, fuck. So there was Star Trek, <laughs> and then Shit. Star Trek Into Darkness, and then Star Trek. Uh, beyond, beyond, Star Trek there beyond. You go. Very good. I think Beyond ended up surpassing my expectations. I think everybody from, says that from the trailer. I was like, "Ooh, this doesn't look like it's going to be very good." And it ended up being a really fucking great homage to like the old Star Trek series, yeah. while still making it kind of that new J.J. Abrams style Star Trek. My brother shares your sentiment. Yeah, I, uh, I need to see it. I, I can't feel wait. like there's. Sh- oh, you haven't seen I it. I still yet. have not seen it. Wow! There, Somebody got me a free copy of it. Too. There's only there's one point. There's just one point in the movie that's like. Ooh, that doesn't look quite as good. That Uh-oh. doesn't look as good as I want it to. Oh, the effects. Uh, yeah, just, sure. just was one it the point. motorcycle it's chase? The motorcycle. Oh, I called it just yep. from the trailer. Is the motorcycle bit yep. where he's like he heads out of the ship, and I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look very good at all. Hey, speaking of J.J. Abrams, yeah, dude, <laughs> you fucking called it. I totally fucking called it. I can't. Well, I mean, I sent you that story. And I was like, boom, bitch. I just thought they wouldn't want to go back to. Uh, well, first. I thought J.J. Abrams would would be done with it and on to something else. Yeah. Um, it makes sense in hindsight, but I thought that uh, they were just going to give Ryan Johnson another chance. Just be like, hey, we like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm presuming. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the movie's a stinker and uh, Dude, they're sure ready to get back to him. I'm sure it's going to be fine. The stuff that I'm seeing. For, I hope so. The only thing that worries me in, porgs. In, is the porgs. Really? That's That worries me. I'm like, oh... I'm, they are centering a little bit of the marketing around these cute, marketable like animals. It and feels stuff. like the Ewoks. It doesn't feels it? a little Ewokian. But I'm uh, I'm going to give him. He's he's got better judgment than George Lucas does. Yeah, his past films have shown. Yeah, but also, also you got to think: what is he being force fed by Disney? Like, you know what? They sound like they've been given a lot of autonomy. Yeah, like he is uh, on the record in interviews saying that uh, you know, like, oh well, surely they had the story mapped out between all three films, and you had to adhere. And he was like. No, not really. They didn't know where it was going to go. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. So it'll be interesting now to see J.J. Abrams, since he kind of created these characters and set it in motion. I'm sure he had ideas of where their origins were and how it was going to end up. So I'm more interested in seeing him wrap it up than Colin Trevorrow. (laughs) Which, man, have you you read the uh, behind the scenes? No, no, I haven't. Apparently, your instinct was uh, was correct in that he seems a little full of himself. Yeah. Um, Somebody put it nicely in that that Vulture article (laughs) that kind of broke this news where they said, let's put it this way. He's a very confident, confident, confident guy. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Well, then that makes makes sense. Yeah. I guess. So I think this is probably for the best. Again, it, it worried me when we were talking, and he was like, well, Star Wars is kind of more for my kids now, and I was like, whoa. No, dude. Whoa. The fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> uh, also, he rubbed Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way, and uh, you do not fuck with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, dude. She's I mean, if you've seen, she kicks ass. If you've seen Romancing the Stone, <laughs> no, <laughs> and her, who framed Roger her Rabbit? voice work in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> V.I. Warshawski, she, she's amazing. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that joke. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, we uh, are the editing bay. We are. On the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. This is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes they're bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other and with you, our lovely editing bay listeners, uh, who we invite to take part in the conversation and the analysis on our Facebook page. In Facebook, uh, their little search function, put in the editing bay. And that'll bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Mm. That's us. Click on that, and uh, and that's where we can uh, talk back to you, and you can talk back to us and let you know what you think of our movie of the week, which this week is Joel's pick. It is Empire Records. Yes. That's how you pronounce it, right? It doesn't get too much more 90s Dude, than I, Empire Records. Jen and I were watching this last night for the umpteenth time, yeah. and I, I leaned over to her, and I was like, this is this movie... Like, if you were making a parody of everything that was going on in the 90s, you would just make this film. And I was like, when did this film come out? So I jumped on IMDb. Came out in 94. 1995. 95. right smack dab in the middle of that decade. And boy, does it feel like it. For better and for worse. I remember uh, this movie was coming out when I first started working at Cinemark. I I have the trailer. Cinemark. I have the trailer, the film trailer for this movie. Mm. Um, For this and 12 Monkeys. No, you don't, because you gave me. Oh, the I gave film you the 12, twelve monkeys. monkeys. That's right, I gave you the twelve. Monkeys or did you one. give me Empire Records? No, I gave you the twelve monkeys one. Um, Probably the yeah, better. Yeah, better dude. Choice. That's 
so yeah, going back and watching this, and I, I really... Yeah, tell me about your history with this film, Joe. Okay, so this was one of those movies that uh, I never saw in the theater, ended up getting on video, because I'd heard like a bunch of cool things about it, and um, this one I would put in the same... Okay, stay with me for a second. I will. I would put this one in the same league as Pulp Fiction. Mm. Not based on quality, <laughs> but not. rewatchability. Like oh, I rewatched yes. this movie almost as much as I rewatched Pulp Fiction. Wow! Uh, and so to the point where I like I was able to quote this thing and 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 like really dug on the the world these people lived in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when I was young. It was a little more innocent time. And, and as I got older, pre nine eleven, as we're sitting here I on wa- the anniversary of, I watched this film mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, right, happy nine eleven. By the yes, way, thank you. <laughs> Always forgets. <laughs> Always. No, wait. wait. Never forgets. It's, yes, there, it, an elephant should be the logo for nine eleven. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, so, Get the part so like, I, I would, I watched this movie a bunch on video. Like, I, I watched mm-hmm. it. I thought it was great. Oh my god, look at those these guys. This is what I want to be. Right? I want to. I want. This. I love I, music. I love music, and I, I love tits. having friends. <laughs> I would love this to be my life. And as I've gotten older and a little more jaded, Cynical. I watched this, and I'm like. These irresponsible, fucks. right? Like you just want. <laughs> Twenty years ago, we wanted to hang out with them. We wanted to be them. Now I just kind of like want to slap them around. I really feel for uh, poor Joe, the owner of <laughs> Empire Records, who yeah. we're closer to in age at this point in mm-hmm. our lives. And we're like, this poor guy is basically babysitting these teenagers. <laughs> Spending the whole movie trying them. to fucking fix a mistake made by one of his lunatic fucking employees. Not, not a mistake, Joe. A mistake uh, supposes that uh, um, there was no ill intention. <laughs> but fucking Lucas. Played, played by, by Rory Cochran. Rory Cochran from CSI Miami. And what else do we know him from? Uh, Days and Confused. Confused. Played yeah. Slater, the stoner. If you've ever watched the movie uh, Scanner Darkly, he's oh, yeah. in that. He's in a lot of Richard Linklater films. That's that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Two, to be effective. No, he's in like three or four of them. Yeah, what are, the, what are some of the other ones? I'm uh, to think. I think Boyhood? He was in, that's I, right. I think he was in like what, that Before Sunrise or... Oh, was he, he in did, one of those? He did like three of those, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, you might be right. The fuck did he do three of those with Ethan Hawke and Julie? Like, who wants to work with those two that much? <laughs> Let's see what... The, oh, he was in Argo. That's right. Yep, Argo, Darkly, Argo, Days fuck confused. yourself. I'm not seeing any other uh, Linklater films oh, that I thought he was involved in. I thought he was in the uh, Before Sunrise, After Sunset, Before well, Sunset. Because that's over. all those are overseas in other countries. Yeah. You ever seen any of those? You seen that trilogy? Nope. Here's what I would say. First one, great. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Although of also a very 90s feeling I film. can't believe he made fucking three. Like, yeah. I get, like, okay, like, you did another one. You re- re- recapture what's going on with these two characters. Yeah, Richard Linklater's a, a big fan of uh, making movies in, work. like, real time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, too. <laughs> but also just, like, capturing people as they grow. Uh-huh. He did so with Boyhood. But then also that trilogy of films, like... It was like 10 years between the middle and the last one, and like yeah. they'd grown 10 years, and he treated it as, as uh, real time. Right. Yeah, I was like, before sunrise, after, after sunset, sunset, and then and bef- before after sunrise. And then after sunset. After sunset. After sunrise. After sunrise one of those. Type sunrise in any sets. combination of those words, <laughs> and you will find the films <laughs> we're talking about. Or just Ethan Hawke. First one's great. I love the first one, although you're very much uh, a victim of its time. <laughs> Second one, totally disappointed. I remember watching that and be like, dude, just fucking shit First the bed. album's not as good as their first, first album. First <laughs> album. <laughs> They're much better live. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim references one and two, folks. Haven't been conning down in a while. Mm. And then the third one, I thought, totally redeemed itself and brought something fresh and gave some closure to that. Uh, yeah? yeah, that'd be a good triple feature one of these days. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure we could do that. If we're gonna not do, if us. we're gonna marathon. Oh, okay. I thought you meant for us. I'm like, if you're, if we're gonna marathon anything, dude. You know what uh, Jenna wants to do? The because, Fast and Furious. No, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings. Because she's like, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all, but I don't, I don't re- recall a lot of them. She, she really wants to see them again. And I was like, all right, well, if we're gonna do this, we got to watch the extended edition. Okay. And Are you gonna have... watch the Hobbits too? No, or no, just, please. Just Lord of the Rings? That's not canon. <laughs> um. I, you know what? I've never finished. I never saw that third film, that third Hobbit film. You didn't have not gone back to watch so, it. It's obviously pretty forgettable because I can't remember. Oh, you saw it? And yeah, you forgot oh, it. I saw all of them in the theater. That second one, I, I didn't mind the first one. I kind of liked the feel of it, and I liked the actors, and I, I liked what they were doing. Ha- it didn't have to be none of that. Had three to be. fucking movies. No, it should have been the Rankin Bass animated Hobbit movie is fucking fine. Yeah, that's really all you need. That's what I grew up on. Did you ever think while watching Empire Records mm-hmm. that fucking Liv Tyler would go on and be in something like the Lord of the Rings? Trilogy? No, because she's the worst part of this film. She's pretty bad. Yeah, she's, she's pretty horrible. Not a great in this actress, film. and and not even so much her acting abilities, um, which you can tell she's not really able to hold her own with Renee Zellweger. No, um, but also just her character is really annoying. Yeah, and that was Jenna's thing too. She's like, I always hated her character watching this. Yeah, no, her her characters. Um, 
imbalanced well, <laughs> and not just not just like emotionally she's yeah. imbalanced on the script i forgot how um why does this AJ kid love her? Thank so you, much? thank you. From the first moment we see AJ, he's like getting advice from Joe, who owns Empire Records. He's like, "Today's the day. I'm going to tell her how I feel about it. I'm going to tell her I love her." And then we cut to AJ. AJ is like the opposite of what a traditional male character has been up to this point. AJ fails mm. the Bechtel test. <laughs> oh gosh! Because like right off the bat, all he's doing, his whole character is defined by the fact that he likes this girl. Pining for uh, that's Liv Tyler. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all this character has going. And he likes for him. to glue things to the floor. They talk about how he's like this brilliant artist, but it never comes back to play. We never really see in the it. film, other than the fact that he fixes the fucking sign up on on the roof. Yeah. That's it. And so while he is simultaneously pining for her, we cut to Renee Zellweger picking up the Liv Tyler. I got to start using their characters' names. She's yeah. Corey. Gina. And Renee Zellweger is Gina. Gina's picking up Corey. Renee, Renee Zellweger never looked as good as she does in this movie yeah. ever again. Like, I, I think this was her, was her this feature was her, film. Her first big role. Yeah. And she's fantastic. Not only She's really fun. Not only is she like, fuck, just adorable in this yeah. fucking movie, yeah. but... She does a great job playing this character. Yep. The fact that she's this, uh, a bit of a conniving bitch. Oh, yeah. But likable. And still, in the end, you know, everybody has their own demons. Everybody's working their shit out in this film. And boy, does that come to a head oh, yeah. in that third act. Um, but before we get to that. <laughs> you're perfect. And perfect. Here's your pills. Perfect. You're perfect. Oh, what are these? What is this? <gasps> Meanwhile. Liv Tyler, she's like, stop making Don't, fun stop. of me. She's like stomping her feet. Stop it. I know, I know. It's like, no one no one behaves like that. Fucking Renee is like throwing the pills at her. Yes. Meanwhile, this is all happening in front of everybody. Joe, again, poor Joe, <laughs> He's like, who the employs fuck? these children. <laughs> He's paying them to behave this way. We'll get into all of the things that happen during the work hours here uh-huh. that should not happen in any business yeah. that expects to remain viable. Um, but anyway, first time we see Liv Tyler, she's talking about how she's going to give it up. Today's a day. It's Rex Manning She's day. giving it up to Rex Manning. Going to give it up to Rex Manning, who is like this aging... Um, who would you compare him to nowadays? Uh, well, uh, what's his name from, who's the, from the Partridge family? Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Donnie... Donnie Osmond. Os- Donnie... What? Donnie, Donnie Brasco? That's right. <laughs> Donnie, no, it wasn't Donnie Osmond. Donnie... Donald, Donnie it wasn't Donnie Osmond? Who are you no, talking about? No, it wasn't Donnie Osmond. Not on the, on, um, the Partridge family. Oh, Danny Bonaducci. Dan, no, no, it wasn't Danny Bonaducci. It was the younger one. Uh, I don't know who else you're talking David, about. Was it David? David? Uh, what was his name? David Cassidy. David Cassidy. There you go. He's kind of that David Cassidy character. The guy who uh, died from autoerotic asphyxiation? That, that was David Carradine. It's hard to say. <laughs> A lot of Davids that and Donnies. Bill. <laughs> Bill. Bill. You know, that David Carradine, mm-hmm. he was a huge fan of Donald Trump. And he didn't. Oh, no. He didn't think he was going to die. You know why? Oh no! Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come up with that right now? That's actually pretty good. Hashtag fake news. We are going to fake news. Hashtag the hell out of that. Follow us on Twitter, by the way, at the Editing Bay, and uh, hashtag all your auto erotic asphyxiation tweets. With hashtag fake news. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got to copyright that. Okay. Empire Records, Empire 25%. 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. So oh, that's, a, that's kind Yeah, of a- but you know what? This film, this this isn't one of the types of films that tries to cater to critics. There's a, It is not critic-proof, as they say. Yeah, that's It's quite true. the opposite. Um, because the story's pretty basic, right? It's, it's your typical... It's everything happens on this one day. Yeah. It's everything this obviously was written by somebody who worked in a move in a music shop mm-hmm. and like oh, is yeah. over glorifying the memory of those times when he was working kind of like uh did you ever i think you read the uh, the the musical i wrote right about radio no you never oh okay i wrote a stage radio musical. the cuba gooding jr uh, <laughs> yes i wrote a stage musical about uh about my experiences in radio oh perfect um, and why have I not read this? Def- I don't know why. Jason Cox had read it, and mm. I, I was almost—I was about to produce it at one point. Uh, but it—it it kind of plays out it, when you go back. When I go back and read it, it's like, oh man, I am so over glorifying like the, my memories of working in radio as a kid, yeah. and it almost like plays out. <laughs> I beat pointed, for beat. I had pointed this out. I was like. My radio musical is a lot like Empire Records, where it starts <laughs> off and it's like, man, the wonderful world of working in radio, and mm-hmm. then like, ooh, the corporation comes in and yep. takes damn over. the man, damn the man, save the empire, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how it played. And I was, I was surprised. I was more than a little surprised at how much maybe Empire Records influenced 
my writing of that musical. One of these days, I'll have to uh, show you my 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 feature Penis. film debut. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I like to call it my feature film debut. <laughs> I call it my double feature. It's called because I got a mole on the side. Looks like another head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. It's, a double I don't. Head. it's a double feature. <laughs> okay, so you were saying you're yes. Little film, uh, my, some friends of mine did in college called Cemetery Weed. Have I talked to you about this before? No, we may have to do it on the podcast sometime. I would love to. I have to put it on YouTube, uh, but it is very embarrassing. I was totally going through my uh, Quentin Tarantino phase, uh-huh. uh huh, and Kevin Smith, by the yeah. way. So it's inspired by all those kind of mid '90s directors okay. when I was really getting into film. Uh, but I had seen the Big Lebowski in theaters, a buddy of mine. And uh, I guess a lot of that kind of seeped into my subconscious. And so mm-hmm. I, when I was writing, and I'm using finger quotes, writing this, uh, I was putting a lot, I, I was flat out ripping off things from other movies. So it's just kind of an amalgamation of all the directors it's and films an I was homage. into. It's called an homage. Yeah, I think lawyers, copyright lawyers, <laughs> may take issue with that huh. uh, summation. Okay. But um, yeah, there was a, there, there's, Tons of references to Big Lebowski. Did, did somebody lose a toe? At one point, a character's like, you want a toe? I no, get you a toe. But, but at the end, we do put the ashes of the main character into a Folgers can. Oh. So, yeah. And I totally forgot that I didn't come up with that. <laughs> he loved to surf. Because I thought, you know, this a little independent film. Who would have... Uh, yeah. As a surfer, he explored the beaches... <laughs> of Pismo Beach. <laughs> Pismo Beach. <laughs> Donnie. Donnie, who loved surfing. Listen to our Big Lebowski episode from last year. Uh, uh, we ruminate about that film. Okay. But anyway, so, uh, so yeah, it's very easy for uh, things that we're inspired by to seep into our own work. That's true. Everything's a remix. Uh, so this this film, mm. long story short, too late, yeah. uh, it's basically about this guy who closes up the shop, or, or he closes up the shop. Lucas, He's Rory a, Cochran. Lucas is supposed to take the money to the bank. Instead, he comes across the uh, the plans for Empire Records to be turned into a music yep, town. Hanging out in Joe's office, opens the drawer, and there's yeah. the paperwork for Music Town, which is like their version of uh, uh, Virgin Records, Vir- maybe, yeah, or yeah, Sam or just, Goody. Just like a, a chain franchise kind of record Kids, store. you may not know this, but uh, we used to sell music in <laughs> stores. <laughs> music you had to go and pick them up physically not on just tapes. just Best Buy. <laughs> or CDs, if you were lucky. Uh, and so uh, there are still some places, like in Dallas, we've got good records. Yeah. Um, but it's retro now. Yeah. And so he uh, he comes across this this uh, whole corporate plan mm-hmm. and decides he wants to try to help out. So he takes the money and goes to Atlantic City mm-hmm. and is doing a fucking great job. Yeah. In, and then suddenly loses all of I the I do like that money. montage as he's walking through the uh, the casino and like everything he touches, the people walk. Fucking just, They're yeah. getting triple cherries and, and yeah. Uh, then he goes to the craps table and loses it all. Doubles down and it does not go well. And so it turns into like the next day and everybody's wondering, well, where the fuck is Lucas? Anybody mm-hmm. seen Lucas? Where's Lucas? Mm-hmm. What? The money didn't get deposited. What the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. And then Lucas finally shows up and... Uh, I do not regret the things, things I have I've done. <laughs> only those which I did not do. Uh, and so this whole movie is kind of what happens at the music shop while Joe is trying to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate that Joe doesn't have as much screen time because this is ultimately his 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 Homer's Odyssey. It's his life. This is his Odyssey. This is his whole day of just, struggling to try to get like some fucking a semblance of order in this shop so that way he could fucking rectify this problem because he wanted to create like you find out like he yeah, I wanted to buy out the store mm-hmm. so it could be our store instead homeboy here just fucking he lost all the money yep, now we're gonna be record town yeah now we're gonna be a record town um and so it's it's this anti-establishment like rebellion kind of fucking story oh 90s man uh That's exactly we're all about like fuck the adults don't mm-hmm. want to grow up we know more than they do uh-huh it's all about our lives and our emotions and our relationships and with like, other people everything that's happening to me is the most important fucking thing oh, that could possibly be happening so much gravitas oh yeah <laughs> um but then it's got a few little things strewn in there that's Kind of fucking brilliant and like wonderful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talk about those moments. I want to talk about the. Uh, you've got the 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 sequences with Mark. Like I love the character Mark. This is the Ethan Embry character. Yes, who you'll know from uh, Can't Hardly Wait. I would and say Dutch. listen to that episode, but that was our lost episode. Dutch. You'll never hear that. Dutch. That's right. He played the yeah, little kid in Dutch. The little kid in Dutch. And also, he went on to. You know what? Half of this cast went on to be like in CSI Miami yes. or some sort of Law and Order show. Yeah. Robin Tooney, who plays Deb- uh, Deborah. 
uh, yeah. woman who shaves her head. Mm-hmm. She went on to be in some sort of Law and Order type That's show. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey Cochran, Ethan Embry. Um, but yeah, and, he's a great character. And so, uh, so I like him because at no point in the movie is he ever fucking like expelling his shit, his personal shit, on other people. Like nobody, nobody is having to suffer the consequences of his fucking actions. Like we do everybody else. Like everybody else. Everybody else is making these decisions and it's fucking just forced upon everyone. Mm. Like one of the most self-indulgent like parts of this movie that kind of, it annoys the shit out of me now Mm -hmm. is when they have like the fake funeral for Deb. Oh my God. Can I tell you, like we rolled our, Jen and I were watching this and we'd seen it so many times we knew what was coming up but we're like, can we just fast forward this? It was not nearly as endearing if it ever was uh, as it was back in the 90s because again, the store is open. This is presumably one of the busiest. It's Rex Manning Day. There's Uh a line of people waiting to get autographed. There's a a semi-superstar in your store. Yeah. Nobody is watching. One person is watching the cash register and doing a piss-poor job I do like that they cut back to Mark. And he's he's like, like, a little help here. Help. People are trying to. Yeah, how irresponsible. And and it's not like Joe isn't aware of it. Joe is part of it. He's part of this experiment. And it really kind of comes out of nowhere because, and this is the, um, the insufferable part of the film, kind of this last... Act before he gets into the climax. Yeah, are you talking what? about like with the point where he just turns on the ACDC and starts just fucking jamming out or whatever? No, I, I like that. Do you I, like that part? I just mean this part where everybody is working their shit out. Yeah, on this day in this store, uh-huh. like this is where Renee Zellweger is throwing the pills. Yeah, who else is going? Uh, uh, well, Warren's got, been arrested now. The little shoplifter has, has Warren. Warren been arrested at that point? I think the cops come and, and take him away okay. at this point because you've got all right. So it's Rex Manning Day. I'm played by Maxwell Caulfield from Grease 2. Uh, this guy's fucking, this character is so fucking He's great. He's great, though, And I know man. a lot of people mistake him for uh, the guy from Dukes of Hazard, who also oh, yeah. who also played uh, Clark Kent's father on Smallville. Oh, God, not yes. Not the same guy. No. Definitely not the same guy. Um, so he comes in, and he plays, like, like we said, this kind of David Cassidy-style so character. So smarmy, but he's got this, like, Purple, sparkly, glittered. <laughs> yes. He's he's Gary Glitter. He's uh-huh. fucking Gary Glitter with yeah. the outfit and everything. Uh, Maybe and not so much the child. I love when he. I love when he comes in and like everybody's giving him like like the backhanded compliments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What happened to your hair? Hey, Rex, what happened to your hair? <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, dude, stylist. You know, <laughs> I think it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines is um, when Jane, who is his is a PR person, asks if anybody's a fan of Rex Manning. Yeah, and Warren just. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's got the greatest laugh, little yes. shoplifter Warren. Oh yeah, but uh, they're talking about oh he's very he's very big amongst um you know teenage males, teenage males, and Rory Cochran's like, have you by chance what, what cross referenced that yes. with uh, uh, the, instances of, uh, of homosexuality, homosexuality <laughs> amongst teenage males? And Warren again just laughs. <laughs> uh, it's juvenile, but still it is the uh, delivery. The, would you agree that that the actors transcend this material? I do. Yeah, I do. I think that the uh, I think that the performers in most cases the performers are better than the material as a whole. Agreed. Even though, again, I can't even begin to care about half of their personal shit. I like the Lucas character a lot yeah. because he, he sets everything in motion. He's really kind of a and, prick, though. He's he's a bit of a prick. but He's, he's unapologetic. Again, he is bankrupt, single-handedly bankrupt, and shows no remorse <laughs> for shutting down the store. I, but I feel like that's kind of his... Like, it's not that he doesn't care. I just think that... He, he doesn't know how. I, he was trying like, to do the right a, thing. But a he, little Aspergery, like yeah, he's on the spectrum a little bit. What's with you today, man? What's with today? Today, <laughs> <laughs> those are the types of uh, nuggets of wisdom you some get. Of, from... Some of the exchanges, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like Lucas. I like Mark. I do love. I love the Warren character. Yeah, uh, and I like Rex Manning. I do like Rex Manning. He's great. Even though he's such a mustache twirly guy in this movie, but like when. Corey tries to she she comes in and she's Throws like herself at him. and he's like <sighs> because she's not like exciting she's not a challenge yeah. oh for you him. know this is happening so throughout his career just unzips and he's like okay rock and, it's and just roll disgusting he's rock, and, rock roll. and roll and she realizes like this is fucking gross I don't I can't do this you know Joe were you <clears throat> I've never been accused of knowing the female mind very well especially back in my youth and so when I first saw this film in the mid nineties um, I was. Maybe a little perplexed at the 180 that she does. She starts this movie talking about, I'm going to give it up to him. Here he is. Um, but then it's then it, it came down to she's it. She's faced the moment with reality, of and it wasn't like how she had pictured it. Wasn't it wasn't romantic. The, it wasn't not the like storybook. Yeah. It was him un- sitting in a chair, unzipping his pants, and telling her in to a, just in a go back to town. laundry room. Exactly. Yeah. 
And uh, I understand that now, but a uh, a seventeen year old Joel did. You didn't understand like the the one eighty that she. No, because um, with hormones a pumping in my blood back in the day, Uh you you put you switch the genders and put yourself in that scenario, and what guy is not going to right pounce on that? Well, that's I mean that's the difference between men and women. Of course. We're, uh, and, and that's part of the problem with We're how from this, Mars and they're from Venus. It's part of the problem with how this sequence was written, too. You could tell, like, th- this is a gross fucking example of females written by men. Like, the, there's no way women react, act, or interpret what the hell is happening in this, in this sequence like this. Um, all right. So, I like those characters. Uh, I, I even like the... Uh, the uh, dare I say Les Mis esque? Uh, we need to save the store, rebel against the empire. You oh know, sure, or, or rebel against the man and the whole like we do a show on the roof of the fucking record store and sing Sugar it's, High. It's very it's very dramatic We're and I, raise I dig money. It. There's there's a musical a stage musical quality to this movie, mm-hmm. um, almost to the point where the character of Lucas is almost like a walking talking title card for what's going on in this next act. Uh, like he always has like some kind of some kind of line that he delivers to the camera where he breaks the fourth wall yeah. and he says something and it almost kind of succinctly sums up now what's going to happen with the next forty five minutes of the movie. That's right. Yeah. Um, Near the end, he's like, and, and everything went perfectly. Yeah. Well, almost. almost. Perfect. Yeah. Or, or when he he looks at the camera, he's like, always play with their heads, and it's yes. like that moment is where everything starts happening. Everything starts breaking down. Mm-hmm. It's where the catharsis starts to come in too, where Gina has her breakdown, mm-hmm. and and Corey has her breakdown. Like everybody, AJ, but I love you. Oh, AJ, I can't do this right now. Yeah, like uh, everybody's just having their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. There's that little, there's that lull. There's that almost intermission in the action where Mark has his soliloquy, where he's like, we won't get down. Not today. Right. It's Rex Manning Not Day. Not on Rex Manning Day. And we have that whole video killed the radio dun, dun, star dun, dun, bit dun, 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 where they're dun, setting dun, up dun, for dun, Rex Manning Nicely Day. done. It's a really nice sequence. You know, Joe, I usually um, despise films that um, rely on dancing. Like, we're just going to have scenes of random dancing. Uh-huh. And this one really kind of teeters on the edge yeah. for me. Uh, there's a couple of... And what, maybe one too many random dancing The Romeo scenes. and Juliet, the Dire Straits Romeo and Juliet bit? Yeah. I, I kind of like that one. That one's not I bad. I like that one. Uh, but there's a moment where um, Renee Zellweger is trying on the new oh. record uh, record this town. Is, this is not standard. Not this up is, to code. Uh, not up to code. Yep. No, no, no. And then they play music f- for what goes on for like 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. And it's just them dancing for no reason other than to... Keep the energy. Guys, that's what we do. We're young. We're yeah, kids. we're kids. We're rebellious. We're gonna dance. Oceanaid, a rebellion. <laughs> she shock does me, have some great. Me, shock me with, with that deviant, deviant behavior. behavior. Yeah, she's got some great lines. <laughs> I, and I do like the relationships between the characters, especially her and Deborah, who yes. is the uh, the chick from the craft. Mm-hmm. If you recall, the Robin Tunney. She Robin Tunney. She shaves her head, which apparently was not in the script. That's no. something that she just, wanted to do. She does totally it on camera too. It. Yeah, I like that. And she oh, to, and, to to another like cranberries esque yes. like yodeling song. Oh my god! There's like two or three of those in this. Yes, and it's like oh nineties. This yes, this whole just soundtrack. Fucking, hold it, nineties. Hold on. I'm trying to Joe. I'm at this point in my life where where I'm knee deep in nostalgia. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm, we're playing the NES classic and we're talking about the next Star Wars movie that's coming yeah. out. Like everything is repeating itself again. Yes, and uh, even the music. But I'm I am at least far enough removed. I think we're. Listening to this soundtrack again and watching this film, I'm like, do I really like these songs, I, or do they just represent a time and place? For I, me? I like some of the songs in this. Seventy five percent. There I are think. some songs in this movie that I'm like, oh yeah, like like uh, uh, what is it? In a world of human, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. It's so good, man. I like that one. I do like the Edwin Collins. I never met a girl like yeah. you before. Like there are some tunes. I even like Sugar High. The, Sugar High is the not album bad. version of Sugar High, not, not the, the Renee movie Wolger. version. Yeah. Yeah. Renee Welgziger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't like her version of it. No. Uh, it's raspy. There's She's like Joey Lauren Adams. There, and she is kind of like the poor woman's Joey Lauren Adams in or this is movie. Joey or Lauren Adams. Adams, the poor. Well, yeah. one of them won an Oscar. <laughs> The other one was dating Kevin Smith uh, for a film career. Boom, boom, wow. Uh, <laughs> that said, it's not that this movie doesn't have 
like there's there's not enjoyment to be had. Oh, of course not. I have fun watching this movie. Some of my favorite It annoys me, <laughs> but yeah. I have fun watching. Well, it. and again, it's that pre-9/11, mid-90s, everything <clears throat> we'd run out of problems, right? There's no more war. We're not we didn't have the the issues that the baby boomers had. Yeah. We had our own angst that we were dealing with. Was, yeah, we were coming out of the 80s with pop and it was glam. More, and just more of a social anxiety mm-hmm. like we we were rebelling against our parents. Yes, for no other reason than to rebel. Just sometimes to rebel. we sometimes. needed some. We needed a battle. But if you were like me, like that was kind of a time in my life where I was finding myself, and I was realizing, hey, you know what? Maybe parents don't know everything. Yeah, parents just don't understand. <laughs> Wise men <laughs> once said, <laughs> I believe in the words of DJ Jazzy Jeff. Look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> um, but going back as an adult and watching it, I can only imagine what adults at the time. Had to say, which is probably why it has a twenty six percent on Rotten you know, Tomatoes. My, I remember my father liked this movie. Okay, uh, my mom thought that it was fine. Uh, I was re- I watched movies with my parents all the time. Yeah, uh, there were very few movies. Like my mom wasn't a big fan of Hot Rod. She didn't like, <laughs> she didn't like gross out humor, even though some of it made her laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I took her to see the South Park movie. Oh yeah, and she was disgusted. While at the same time, when we were leaving, she caught herself singing "Uncle Fucker." <laughs> That's amazing. So it wasn't without some enjoyment. Again, it wasn't without some enjoyment for her to be had. I showed my mom a Pulp Fiction yeah. when it came out. And if you know anything about my mom, like the fact that she even sat through that wow. like on, on, on my behest. That's that's uh, cool, though. a testament. It was cool. And afterwards, I was trying to talk with her just when I was getting into film. And it's like, it's, look past the violence and the mm-hmm. N-word. Yeah. <laughs> just try to appreciate it for what it was. And God bless her. She tried. Did she? Did she like it at all? You know, she told me she did. Oh, um, I'm sure she went and <laughs> prayed the sin away afterwards. Oh That's <laughs> the cinema, that is a hard R. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She that, that movie puts the sin in cinema. Let me tell you. I don't know if I ever told you the story mm-hmm. about just if we want to have like a little sharing about awkward yeah. movie moments with yeah. our parents. Oh, dude! I first started working at the movie theater in McKinney uh, when I was a kid, uh, around the time when this movie came out, hmm. and. Um, uh, I was excited. I was like, oh, I can, we can go see free movies. Do you want to go see a movie? She's like, yeah, sure. Well, I'm a big Bruce Willis fan. Mm. And so there was a Bruce Willis movie out, and we're like, let's go see that. Uh-oh. It was The Color of Night. Oh. Uh, Have oh. you ever seen that? No, but I know of it. Yeah, okay. So Scott reference number it's, three. It's not really a, an action Bruce Willis movie. Not at all. Motherfucker is having sex constantly. It really? Like, dude is having sex like every fifteen minutes in this movie, it was oh, like no. it was like a, a basic instinct style oh, sexual no. thriller, and you didn't know this going, and into I didn't it, know huh? it going in. Oh, shit. So I'm watching this movie, mm-hmm. and there's Bruce Willis just pounding the shit out of <laughs> June March like eight nine times, and I'm sitting next to my mom watching it. Wow! And I was like, oh fuck me, this is the most awkward fucking thing ever. Similar and to she was a champ though. Yeah, like, she was a champ. We walked out, we got in the car, and she was like. Not as good as I wanted it to be. I was like, oh, yeah, no. me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Needed more sex scenes. I think. <laughs> uh, right up there with my my look who's talking story. Listen to our listen listen to our look who's talking episode from. Oh, years I remember ago, this. Yeah, where uh, of course I was younger at the time, but uh, we went. I went to go see that with just me and my mom. Going to have a little <laughs> mom date first ten minutes, and right off the bat, <laughs> swimming sperm voiced by again Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Bruce Willis and moms not a <laughs> not a good combo. Kids, don't take your moms to see any Bruce <laughs> to Willis. See any moms. Bruce Willis. You're going to be uh, in for some uncomfortable moments. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was that uh, awkward moment where I think she was trying to figure out if I knew what, what was happening. <laughs> Sadly, I did. And I'm sitting there thinking, I hope my mom doesn't know that I know what this is. <laughs> I hope funny. my mom doesn't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so Empire Records. Empire Records. Uh, you know, it, it has its little storybook ending at the end where... Uh, AJ and Corey get together, and yeah. uh, you know Mark starts his Although, new band or do you, whatever. Do you buy her story? She was like, "I didn't know, realize I was in love with you, but uh, uh, you were all the things I was looking for in a person." I don't buy it. That's oh, of the, course. It's that's nev- exactly that's, what that's a teenager how, would movies. say yep. who just found out that somebody was interested in them. Do you remember that feeling of like, "Oh, somebody has a crush on me," somebody you never I, thought of before? Yep. And but now they have like, a crush on me, so I think I like them back. Exactly. Yep. Oh yep. yeah, mm-hmm. I was there. I was there in high but school. I don't know that the filmmakers at the time were that. Aware enough, like, were they telling this story retrospectively? Yeah, like, oh, look at how silly we were. It it feels a little, it feels very sincere. Yeah, the emotions that these kids are going through. I don't know. Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, the whole seance. I, the seance thing is weird. I don't like AJ. 
I do. No, he is my a, my least favorite character he's in a this movie. Pretty boy dullard, and I know they try to give him some edge with, oh, I'm an artiste, and I'm 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 all in love. But maybe it was the casting. Yeah, maybe he was he was the weakest link. I think it, goodbye. When, <laughs> when he gets he gets like that that cheap shot from Rex Manning too, and Rex Manning yeah. says, remember he he says the word he says, wise up, kid. <laughs> I was like, what is this, a fucking 1920s gangster film? Yes, hey. <laughs> Wise up, kid. Gonna get yourself a fat lip. So I've told you about the director's cut of this movie, right? Yes, which I I, I looked for the deleted scenes, uh-huh. but I guess I didn't look hard enough. I couldn't find them. I just heard reference to them. Okay. I heard a lot of references about Tobey Maguire being in this film. It, oh, I can't. I don't remember. Oh, yes, he is. He is, and he's, he's credited in the film. That's like, he's right. in the credits. He's one of the kids. But never appears. Yeah. Um, okay. So Erased. At some point, like Rex Manning mm-hmm. is on the side of the street. And this is after this is after he's, he's left fucked Renee yeah. Zellweger. After he and they, fucked Renee Zellweger, they kicked him out. He's like, "Here's your fucking purse." Like, Where's Jane? Jane left. Fade away. Yeah, and so they find him and convince him to come back to the store where he plays a set to save the. And he's like, he redeems himself. There's a Rex Manning redemption. Oh fuck, that's that image right there. I love. <laughs> The the relationship, the short relationship between Lucas and Warren. Yes. Where, like, he's got the magnet in his face, and Lucas just reaches, reaches over and, like, pulls it away. Pulls it away. And just just the, the work that they do with each other is really fucking fun. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, so, but they redeem Rex Manning, and I kind of feel like, no, like, that, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right that we've let this character redeem himself. A, a character like that, who has grown to be who he is, turned into this kind of monster, uh, who, who buys into his own ego, doesn't turn around in a day like that. Yeah. And doesn't deserve to, like, within a matter of hours. Like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to, he, he fucking cold cocks AJ, yes. he fucks one of the chicks, uh, he was gonna fuck Liv makes, Tyler. Makes the other one feel like shit. Exactly. Yeah. And then we're just supposed to be like, oh, come on back and play a set on the top of the roof. And oh, yeah. Game. No, yeah. He's it, like, sure, I'm back. I'll, I'll come back. I'm glad that they left that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I have not seen that version. So, there's, I think there's that. There, there's a little bit more Burko, the co- Coyote now, Shivers character. He's kind of my least favorite character. I don't even count him. Him and Eddie, I don't really count as characters. <laughs> I count Eddie more. And, and like Eddie, I wasn't even sure. I was like, does he work here? I know he has the pizza job gig, and he and Ethan Embry are, are best buds. They have that whole yeah. scene about the the mixtape. Yes. Ethan Embry always looks like he's hearing everything for the first time. time. <laughs> yeah. Like all of his reactions, like, whoa, like his mind is constantly blown. Ah, whoa. But he's, you're right, though. He is so fun. He's so, he's so he's innocent. Sweet. He's yeah. very, just a sweet character. The scene when he's like dusting, going yes. around dusting, and, the, and there's the, the chick ballerina who's doing girl. ballet and listening yeah. to the. And you know what? That, I'm all over the place. I need to focus. No, it's all good. Let me talk about that for a second because. This film, while it is teen angsty and, and it's telling this other story, it is in its way about music. There are conversations about music. Music plays a big part in the film and in these characters' lives. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love that they draw straws at the beginning to see who, who gets, gets to, to play, play their the song yeah. that opens the store. I love every time there's that siren that goes off when they when they when they stop us on <laughs> the blue light comes on and yes. they play another song. Uh, Ethan Embry puts that that. Uh, goth or the uh, heavy metal, yeah, the death metal. On Everybody first. starts moshing. <laughs> poor Renee Zellweger has to talk about. She's like, no, no. I'm. Uh, what does she say? I'm exercising my veto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, yeah. There's that montage of um, kids. They used to have listening booths. Yes. In, uh, I remember going to a Virgin Records. Yeah. And you could put headphones on, which don't think about how many other people they have done that too. They still do that in Barnes and Noble. Headlice ridden people have worn. Do they really? Yeah, they still. If you go to the the CD section of Barnes and Noble, oh, they still have yeah. the headphones. You can listen to. Them and music. I like that. And there's just just a quick little montage of of everybody listening. There's an, like an old Asian woman, and she's like listening to classical. Yeah. And there's that ballerina, and it really reminds you. Oh yeah, this this film is is about music yeah. and how it touches people's lives. It's, brings like, people together. it's not exactly high fidelity. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it does. The music isn't its identity. But it is a good base that it builds from. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I like that. I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, again, I recommend this movie. I think it, so, too. It, it wasn't like... like The the annoying parts of it weren't so annoying that it's like, fuck this film. I can't watch it's it It's not unwatchable. Again. Right. It, it's fun. It is amazing to see how some of these people have grown, to see where Renee Zellweger had started here mm-hmm. and where she ended up in... Her, you know, well, ended up... Well, where her career had taken mm-hmm. her. Uh, to see Liv Tyler go from this 
to something like the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah. that we were talking about. She's certainly and improved. And she's, I think that arguably uh, improved <laughs> if for, for the Lord of the Rings films that mm-hmm. like, wow, she's a little bit more of a refined performance. I, I dig this. She wasn't even really bad in this. She's just kind of pouty. I think, I think she was she's, finding think the she's character. I think kind of bad. I think she's kind of bad in this movie. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with the character because she's supposed to, like we learn, oh, her father's pressuring her, right? She's going to Harvard. She's supposed to be like really smart. But I didn't see yeah. those qualities in this character. You're told everything about especially in like the outfit she's wearing yeah. she's got she's just like bare midra for miles and a yeah. short little skirt and i'm like you're you're going to harvard huh <laughs> you don't have your shit together she's you're so, taking your speed she's pills so smart she's so perfect you're so perfect you're perfect per- uh. what is this <laughs> huh? <laughs> what does she call it uh she, she she oh she pretended they were something else, but she's like, I could be perfect too if I was taking speed. Yeah, and it's like moments like that that play off like it's a fucking after school special. Yes, where it's like kids don't do this, mm. kids don't do that, don't don't fuck a a, a washed up uh, singer. <laughs> uh, Very eye rolling. And and again, it's it's because these things end up happening and it feels like to them and to the people that they're surround themselves with, it feels like it's supposed to be the most important thing in the world. But then you you juxtapose that with guys like like Mark, <laughs> who's yeah. just like fun loving. I just want to fuck. I'm, yeah, I, I want to play in a band. Kiss murals I, on the I'm, wall. I'm gonna eat my uh, my my pop brownies, my brownies and have a dream about Guar. With Guar. I love that. I love that. And again, I saw this film before I realized that he was like fucking tripping on that brownie. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize why. All of a sudden, he's sitting there watching a Guar. Which and there you're, he is. If you're not familiar with Guar. Guar like from Dallas. They were kind of really, really. Yeah, Guar's from Dallas. My were, sister used to babysit for the fucking. <laughs> the, I think it was the lead singer who just passed away like a few years. That's back. right. Uh, she used to babysit for him. Wow, like his kids. But yeah, they they kind of took Kiss the 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 methods that and, Kiss was using, and took it to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah, like really had costumes, yes. and uh, it was like it was like a like Halloween haunted house. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ethan Embry sitting there eating his pot brownie, watching a Guar video. You're the greatest guitarist in the world. And then he's in the video, and it's like, too bad you have to, to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> he starts getting eaten by the large. It looks like the fucking sarlacc pit behind him, sucking him in. And he he looks he he's he's sweating. He's freaking out. And then he just kind of laughs it <laughs> he off. He just laughs. It. He's like Eddie, fucking Eddie. You know, what does he say? I love you, Eddie. Because Eddie gave him the pot brownies. Didn't realize that until years later. Oh, you didn't? After watching you that. You piece no. that together? Well, because I... The, the, so I worked Where at a summer camp. To him, he's like, it's some of my special recipe. Yeah, I didn't get it. I oh, worked wow. at a summer camp uh, after my first year of high school. Um, and uh, this movie was on in the counselor's lounge yeah. on a heavy rotation. <laughs> so I saw when I the first time I saw this movie, I probably started about midway through and watched it to the end. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I caught... I probably saw it... A dozen times, but just never in over sequence. that summer. No, exactly. I kind of had to piece That's it together. So funny, yeah. But it's one of those films you can kind of pick it up in the middle. You can drop it off, and I, I yeah, yeah. It's because there's never anything really of consequence that happens throughout yeah. the entire film. You know, if you're looking at this movie, like the the a plot is what Lucas has done with the money, right. And what's going to happen to the store? Mm-hmm. When you go back and you consider everything that actually revolves around that a plot. It's like it's you have maybe twenty minutes of stuff, <laughs> twenty minutes yeah. that are that are actually like relevant to that a plot. Uh, you can go through this whole movie, and, and there's a forty five minutes will pass, and then suddenly Joe comes out of his office and yeah. he's like, "I just talked to the bank; they didn't get the money." <laughs> like, <laughs> right. okay. Yeah, uh, and then and Mitch, they got that Mitch character, the Mitch character who's his partner, who yeah. is who is kind of the he's the suit. He's like my uh, my my father. You know, he turned this my beatnik. What was it? My beatnik father turned mm-hmm. it into a record store. I wanted to be a toilet shop. Uh, bidet, what is it? Uh, beds and bidets, or yeah, baths, bed, bath and bed, bidets, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's a shame that the a plot isn't given as much credence that they don't that the Anthony Lapaglia Joe character isn't as effective or effectual mm-hmm. uh, as he should be in this film. Well, um, but, but he's ultimately just the father figure to all of these kids, right? But. Th- then I guess that makes it even further frustrating that he's supposed to be the father figure for these kids, and these kids are fucking nuts. Like they're they're <laughs> crazy. Took a piss poor we job. We don't we don't see him bringing them in. Like we don't we don't get the the for lack of a better term like the Joseph Campbell you know the elder mm-hmm. the elder hero or whatever that mm-hmm. these people are supposed to learn from like the Obi Wan. Like we don't see that knowledge being imparted from him, his experience rubbing off on them. Yeah, we're told how much he means to them, mm-hmm. but we're not shown. That's a good point. Much, except for like near the end, when Lucas... with Lucas and with Joe, and like you know, Joe's like, "Here's your fucking money." 
you know, whatever. Um, that is sweet when they all start to pitch in. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is nice, but it, it's just a little too late. <laughs> when I go back and watch it now, as almost a forty-year-old man, I'm like, it's a little too late. It's a little, you know, little forced. And and there's also a part of me that's like, I've had to, I've had to really, I've had to count on my ingenuity. And I'm like, you're telling me it took you eight hours to come up with this plan? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Um, and they didn't even come up with it. No, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry did. Stoner. By the end. Blazed out of his mind on pot brownies. He's like, damn the man, save the empire. Come on down, Empire Records. That's another one of those things, too, where in reality that does not happen. It doesn't happen. People who are going to that party shows up. Is, is before Twitter and the internet. Like, he just gets on the 10 o'clock news because this People is like, a, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come let's on go, down. Let's go to Empire Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Empire our, Records open till midnight. So what t- <laughs> till midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. Uh, all right. So what did Empire Records do right for me, Joe? I am a sucker for films and TV shows that um, have to deal with the work family. One mm-hmm. of my favorite TV shows is Sports Night. Yeah, uh, of course, Aaron Sorkin's great at that. He's good about uh, the working relationships and the dynamics between characters and the types of people you live with. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Ron Howard's The Paper, uh-huh. which is very similar. It's got Michael Keaton, all actually all-star cast. Marissa Tomei. And it's just these fun, quirky characters, and it's kind of a day. Both of those movies are, are very, like, day in the life of these characters and how they relate to each other and, sure. uh, and what happens. And this is a great one, man. All the little characters kind of get their moments. Uh, it's telling that Warren, who's this bratty, shoplifting <laughs> kid that shows up halfway through, you really kind of feel for him at the yeah, end, right? In, yeah. in that span of time, like when they're holding him for the cops to get there, and Lucas is kind of admonishing him. I love yeah. he's, he's going over the CDs that he stole. <laughs> Look what you rap. stole. Yeah. Rap. Metal. Metal. Rap. Rap. Um, they all share little moments. Some are a little more outlandish than others. Sure. A little more high drama. Uh-huh. Um, but, it, you know... On this podcast, we're always talking about, oh, you know, we didn't buy the relationships between the characters. They didn't they didn't establish, like, mm-hmm. why should we care about any of these characters? And in this film, it does a pretty nimble job of balancing all of these d- different disparate personalities. Um, For the and, most part. And making you like the majority of them. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. What I like about the Warren character mm-hmm. is, and we had talked about this as we were beginning to talk about this movie, that... You know, we wanted to be these at this at this time when this movie came out. We wanted to be these. Oh, people. I wanted we to wanted work to at Empire with. Records, man. And that's what Warren represented. Warren represented yeah. the audience. He just wants he a was job. the audience. He he was like, man, I just you know. And it, what's telling about it is like once they kind of accept him, he starts calling everyone by their names. I know that he like belongs. They he make him a, a name place tag. Where he belongs. They made him a name tag, and he's like, here, take your name tag. And he's like, can you just keep it here for me? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and I love that he comes back at the end. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I work here. Yeah, I'm Warren. Uh, so, uh, so no, I I love that, and I agree with you. I think that for the most part, it's it's the uh, the performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how they represent the characters and the relationships between the characters. Even though I don't like the AJ or Corey characters, yeah. they still live and breathe in this world convincingly with the other characters. Agreed. Which is really hard to do, especially with... And we were talking about this when we were recasting. Like, holy fuck, there's a lot of main characters in this movie. Yeah. You know, there, a dozen. This is ridiculous. And yet they are able to balance them. And we do know where everybody is. Mm-hmm. And we know who they are in relation to one another from a relationship standpoint. Uh, and that's not easy to do with so many characters. So that was uh, kudos to you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Empire Records do wrong? It's a little too angsty for me. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, Maybe I'm too old. But no, you know what? Even at the time, I remember thinking, wow, everybody... Everybody has problems, and it's all playing out right now, and some are more serious than others. You know, we were talking about the Burko character before. He's the kind of flock of seagulls, hairstyle-looking yeah. guy who shows up. He's he's probably my least favorite, not because he didn't have a amount of screen time, but because apparently he and Deborah, the chick who shaves her head, are, are hooking up, right? Yeah, yeah. So we see Deborah first. She walks in. She's got a little scooter, and we, we see that she's uh, she comes from the... A life of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, shaves her head. She's trying to commit suicide. She's got bandage over. AJ, AJ, the guy who's totally in love with Liv Tyler, cares more about her about Deb. than Burko, the dude who's banging her. She, he makes her grab his cock. Yes. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> well, and like when he finds out, like when he shows up to work, Burko does, and AJ and Lucas are like, hey, man, have you seen Deb? Yeah, she's got bandages. She tried to, and he's like, Oh man, where is she? But it's but then he totally switches the subject yeah. to something else. He's yeah. he's not very concerned. He was it was kind of a throwaway character. Mm-hmm. I feel like Burko Coyote Shivers was thrown into this movie because he donated to like the soundtrack or and, something. And we needed a guy who played guitar, yeah. who could be in the band at the end. Because this is not an actor. This guy is not an actor. No. 
Uh, and yeah, his, it, the relationship, it doesn't need to exist. We never needed to have him. Yeah. We never de- needed to have that moment where Deb's like, we don't need to talk about it. What happened, happened. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, then if you're not going to tell me <laughs> then, as the uh, audience, then this is information that is taking up time in this film. Yeah, could have left I don't, it out. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I think Empire Records did wrong is along those same lines, the fact that it's it's so tragically 90s where it's like this what's happening to this character is so fucking important uh, and it's the most fucking important thing and it's obviously written by somebody who never really had to deal with actual like substance abuse this is yes yeah. right because that's not that's not the face of substance no. abuse that is not how that works no, it doesn't get solved when you have a fake funeral right oh Deborah wants to know what it's like to be <laughs> dead we'll show her what it's really like well, yeah and not just it's not played just, for that's laughs a, that's a good example that's a good example that but also like you know the, uh, the, the Liv Tyler stuff where she's taking speed so she could do like okay you know that's 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 not how this is handled, and Liv Tyler is not the face of someone who's taking speed just no. to get by. Be a lot skinnier, that is, that, exactly. That is, <laughs> but but seriously, like that is not that is not the face of it. Yep. And so that annoyed me. That that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, but more so now, mm. if we were going to remake Empire Records oh Lord, today, so many cast uh, how members. How would how would we do that, sir? Uh, well, what did we what did you do? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, nine. Uh, I have nine as well. Yeah. I have a little bit of a theme going, though. Oh, do you? So I'd like for you to go first. I'm going to go first. All right, so I'm going to start with Warren. Mm-hmm. He's the shoplifting kid who uh, gets his, I don't want to say comeuppance, because he, he kind of has a turn of heart. He's just a bad, he's a bad, he's running with that wrong crowd. Yeah. And, uh, he bad, needs, he's, he's been influenced by the wrong kids. And he needs some good influence in the form of uh, Empire Records and music. And how about uh, Justin Bieber? We can all. Yes. I mean, not today's Justin Bieber, but YouTube star Justin Bieber, <laughs> okay. who was right on the edge of brattydom. Uh, so, so that's, that's my that's Warren. Warren. Uh, for Joe, not you, Joe, but uh, Empire Records <laughs> Anthony LaPaglia, Joe. Joe. I went with uh, David Harbour, who plays uh, Officer Hopper from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's, maybe lose a couple pounds. Um, <laughs> what? Sorry, David. Anthony LaPaglia isn't in the best of shape in this movie. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I think he's, his drumming skills may surpass those of one David Harbour. <laughs> Moving on to Mark. If you want blood. <laughs> the Ethan Embry uh-huh. uh, character who's just so, so full of innocence and life. And it reminded me of uh, a young Neil from oh, Scott Pilgrim. Hey. We're talking about Johnny Simmons. That's good. Playing Mark. Uh-huh. Deborah, of course, uh, super angsty. And uh, who is the face of angst in today's youth more than Kristen Stewart? Oh, that's pretty good. From Twilight. God, I like that. Thank you. Uh, actually, that was a, a Jenna pull. That's a good job, I'll Jenna. To her. Good job, Jenna. Good job, Jenna. AJ, um, lackluster, uh, emotionless AJ. Not emotionless, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> charisma free. Charisma free. <laughs> I was just about to say charisma free. Uh, how about Logan Lerman? I like okay. that guy. I use him a lot, but he can right. breathe some life into this. Okay. And who is he pining after? None other than Emma Stone as Corey. Huh. She looks like she's been on speed. Yeah. And then finally, we have the promiscuous Gina, who is a Renee Zellweger in this film. How about Chloe Grace Moretz? Okay. Kind of playing a similar character in that Neighbors 2 sequel, which uh-huh. I did see and enjoy, by the way. Oh, was she good? Was that a good movie? Yeah, uh, not as good as the first. They're really kind of not nearly as good as the first. Okay. But I like the first a lot. The first ones are great. Uh-huh. Uh, and then finally, Lucas. Rory Cochran's Lucas. Uh-huh. How about Jesse Eisenberg? That's Can't, good. You mentioned Asperger's earlier. Uh, he played a character with Asperger's he's, he's, in the social yeah. network. Yes, he did. And he'll do it here again. Okay. And then finally, my Rex Manning. How about Johnny Depp? Love it. Johnny Depp with, I love his, it. with his many scarves. I love it. I just picture him. <laughs> just as Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. All right. So There's my recast. Um, the big, the important thing, something that we touched on earlier in the podcast was when you were like, yes, kids, at one point you went to a store to buy music. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I've changed that up Mm-mm. because yeah, you don't really see record stores anymore, mm. but you know uh, what might be very similar nowadays mm. is a comic book shop. Yeah. So mine is oh, going to be called something about that. Mine's going to be called Empire oh, Comics. Comics. <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, all right. So what we're going to do now is it's, uh, you're going to have, Kind of a washed up actor from uh, from a, a you know a, a really famous film going to come on out, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, one of our characters is going to try to give herself to him instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to start off my my Warren character, mm-hmm. the kid who's trying to steal comics, uh, going to be played by Tom Holland, Spider Man's Tom Holland. <laughs> nice, yes. Um, our Deborah. Uh-huh. It's funny we both cast her as different characters. Chloe Moretz. Oh, is going to be my Deb. I can see that. Uh, I, I'd like to see her kind of go. Be, dark. Be someone a little more dark. Kind of go bubbly. back. Let's go back to Hit Girl. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> a legal age. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've got her as Deb. I like it. Um, in the uh, the Joe character, mm-hmm. Jason Lee. Oh, dude. Let's of bring course. Jason Lee because, you know, he's kind of the, he's oh the elder statesman, but we associate him with comic book nerdery That's now. That's fantastic. Uh, the Mark character, the Ethan Embry character. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Donald Glover on this. Hmm. Oh, okay. I like There's that. There's a shortage of ethnic you know, characters in this I, movie. I mentioned that earlier as I was uh, recasting. I was like, there are no black people in this yeah, film. There's no or black people no in this movie. Asians or Indians. No. Well, there's that old Asian woman that's in the <laughs> listening booth. Oh, that's right. That's it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one who sings opera. No, too. that's an old lady. That's just an old white Say woman. No more. More, more. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay, so that's going to be Donald Glover. Great. Gina. The yeah. uh, the the sexy uh, uh, Renee Zellweger character mm-hmm. played by Ellie Fanning. Oh, great! Oh uh, my god, that's so good. The Corey character it looks like her too. Played by another Emma, Emma Roberts. Oh, I'm gonna love play her. that character. Yeah, we both went with Logan Lerman for our agent. <laughs> and uh, my Lucas is gonna be played by Fury Road's Nicholas Holt. Oh, which means my <gasps> my Rex Manning. Uh, originally, if I was gonna be like just a fictitious person. Uh-huh. Uh, was going to be my initial thought was maybe Zac Efron, but Ooh, instead, like fuck it, Mark Hamill. Oh, it's yes. going to be Mark Hamill day, of course. So like, fucking Emma Roberts has given she's going to give it up to Mark oh Hamill, and then decides not to, and then Ellie Fanning fucks Mark Hamill. Oh no! All this obviously directed by Kevin Smith. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. great. So oh, I love go. that. If you've got any thoughts on Empire Records or uh, thoughts about how we've recasted, uh, thoughts of recasting on your own, hmm. uh, you could let us know about it on our Facebook page. It's where you talk back to us on Facebook. Put the editing bay in the search bar. That's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us. Uh, we've also got a website, right, Joe? We sure do. It's editingbay.com. When you go there, you're going to see links to all of our uh, past episodes. We have a little archive section there because we are quickly approaching episode number 200 Good in the God. next couple of months. I know we're going to have to do something special for that. Um, we have that. We have pics. We have links to our social networks. Uh, the aforementioned, actually, we haven't mentioned the Facebook page yet, but the soon to be mentioned <laughs> Facebook page, and also our Twitter handle. I did mention the Facebook. Page. You did the aforementioned Facebook page, <laughs> and also our Twitter handle at the Editing Bay. Follow us at Twitter on Twitter at the Editing Bay, and you'll always be the first one to know what movies we have coming up. And uh, we are quickly approaching 300 followers. Holy so shit! So if you were the 300th follower on. Uh, Twitter, at The Editing Bay. Uh, maybe I'll get a little something-something. Ooh. Ask some of our previous winners <laughs> how awesome their prizes are. Uh, guys, if we would love it if you would leave us <laughs> if you leave us a, a rating and a review on your podcasting app on your Apple device. Just click on that. Put The Editing Bay in the search function. And, uh, and then uh, click on the, the icon. And that's where you can leave us a, a review. Let us know what you like about the show. And uh, and if you've got some criticism, just make it constructive criticism. But yeah. if you do, that's awesome. Uh, just make sure you make it a five-star rating. Uh, and then go ahead and share the uh, the podcast with your friends. Because we'd love to, uh, as they say, grow the show. And speaking of that, Joe, uh, mm-hmm. I'm proud to announce that uh, we we have a record-breaking month uh, this year. A record break, like overall record break, or just for us record break? For us, for the, for okay. the editing bay. We have over 3,000 subscribers now Holy as of this past shit. month, which is uh, we were kind of hovering around the mid 2000s. Uh-huh. So thank you, all of you who are spreading the word out there and oh, yeah. uh, getting more listeners so we can grow the show. We appreciate it. Mm. Um, okay, so what are we going to do next week? Well, this is my pick, Joe. So uh, as. Um, Math has it. <laughs> as math, I thought you were gonna like quote the the time to hesitate is through. I thought you were gonna like quote the movie or something. No. Uh, all right. Well then, um, your pick this time. Okay. Would you like to consult the list? I, no, I've got two choices. Okay. And I don't have a coin on me. Oh. So I don't um, know what we can do to flip. There's do, a coin do you have a flipping virtual app. Do you have it on your phone right now? I will. Okay. By the time. We come back. All right. Well, I'm going to show you what the options are, so that way you can keep me honest. Okay. That's heads. Okay. Right there. And and that one's tails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We've got some doozies here. <laughs> this app is taking a long time to download. Oh, you didn't have it? No. Oh, geez, man. Well, can't I just flip an actual you, coin? Do you have an actual Ooh, coin? I do. One second. Do you flip it or do I flip it? Uh, oh, dude, this is a bicentennial quarter. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's got the little, worth something. The drummer boy. I bet it's worth twenty five cents. It's worth two quarters. <laughs> One quarter portion. One quarter portion. All right, so tell me again. So I know heads was this and tails was this. Okay, I okay, remember. you got it. So here we go. All right, this here we go. Head side up. 
And it is heads. It is heads. Oh. We are going to talk about... Man, I was really hoping it was going to be tails. Well, let's do tails. Fuck then. it. I'm going to do tails. Reflip. We're going <laughs> to... Let me see if it, if it does it on this Best one. Best of three. That's two out of three. Best of three. That's two out of three. Nope. <laughs> well, fuck it. We're going to cheat anyway. Yeah. Guys, we're going to watch Warcraft next week. <laughs> now, this just came out a year ago? About a year or so ago, yeah. The, this is the, the based on the based world, on of Warcraft. world of Warcraft. Computer animated? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Have you seen this film? I have not. Oh, interesting. Whereas the other one I had seen. Guys, the other choice was going to be Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. We'll do it at some point. Okay, no, that's that's fine. But we were talking about Logan Lerman, and I'm like, oh, well, we could talk about that movie. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Warcraft. Neither one of us has seen it. Oh, we haven't uh, done an animated movie in a while. What's the last animated well, film we did? Well, it's like live action slash CG. What? Yeah, there's there's live action in this movie as You're well. You're kidding. No. They did why not would, show any of that in I the trailers? Would, why would I kid about this? <laughs> Something it's, as important it's as Warcraft? Warcraft. Are you a World of Warcraft player? I'm not. Were you ever? No. Me neither. I have no idea. We're probably the worst I know possible people to review I know review there's a thing film. called the Horde, and I oh, think yeah? the other one is the Alliance, I think. That sounds <laughs> like a Star Trek thing. Like, I know, right? We are the Horde. Uh, but Resistance is it, futile. It looks, uh, it, I think Paula Patton is in this movie, or, or Paula Poundstone. I don't know. <laughs> Those are very different it's, people. It's one Paula. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to watch Warcraft. Warcraft. And I don't think it's on any streaming stuff. I've got it. Well, that's just swell. Uh, <laughs> so I have to pay for this film as well. I forgot to bring the movies for you to, to, um, oh, shit. to burn, too. We'll see each other again. God damn it. Don't worry about that. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, yeah, next week, we're going to talk about Warcraft. Uh, right here on the Editing Bay. Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. See you next week, guys. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.